Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And this week, we decided to pick two cases that scare us. And originally, a Patreon was like, hey, I love Amber's spooky cases. She should do another one. And so originally, Amber and I were like, hey, let's do another spooky week. But I am such a chicken shit, I can't even research spooky cases. So instead, I still research something that scares me. Oh, do tell. I'm going to tell you about Jerome Henry. He goes by Jerry. Okay. Brudos, um, otherwise known as the shoe fetish slayer. Oh, wow. Have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Did you know that feet terrify me? They are pretty gross. I hate feet. I'm not a huge fan myself. I don't like people to look at my feet. There's nothing innately wrong with my feet, but I don't like people to look at them, touch them. I don't get foot massages. I don't get pedicures. I do them myself. I just, um, like, I'll do a pedicure, but I don't like long toenails on people. That is no. that is a big thing for me. Not okay. It's not okay. But apparently, good old Jerry Brudos here. He had a he, foot fetish, huh? He liked himself some feet. I've heard it's a thing. Uh, so, hey, times are hard. If that's how we need to make money, I'll I'll leak a nude of a foot. <laughs> of a foot. Yeah. my You know, my right foot, a little bit more aesthetically pleasing than my left. But, yeah. I've, if that's so only what it comes the right down. Foot. Yeah. Yeah. If it comes down to it, you know, and it, times get too hard, I'll do it. I'm not above it. I mean, we all have to do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So, let me tell you a little bit about Jerry. He was born, as I said, Jerome Henry Brudos on January 31st, 1939. He was born to his father, Henry, and Eileen, his mother, Eileen, in Webster, South Dakota. And he's actually the youngest of two sons that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brudos ended up having. And the problem is, is that Eileen did not want to have another child, but Henry... Jerry's father wanted one, so she was like, okay, fine. Hopefully I have a girl. Oh. Yes. So right from the beginning, we are not off to a good start. Yeah, that's a bad start. Yeah. And unfortunately, because Jerry was very much a boy, uh, she had immediate and obvious hostility towards Jerry. And as a result, as we can expect, he did have an emotionally and physically abusive childhood. But his older brother, Larry, very much had the opposite type of childhood. Uh, Eileen doted upon his older brother, Larry. So she wanted a boy first. She was okay with her firstborn being a a boy. Mm -hmm. But since the second wasn't. Yes. And she she didn't want a second child at all. But she especially did not want a Another second boy. boy. There was there was no love for Jerry. She gave it all to Larry. Yes, they named their children Jerry and Larry. Um, uh, my grandparents went with Larry, Gary, Mary, wow. and Bob. And Bob. 
can't make this stuff up. Okay, I love that. Yep. I, and it's just like something you could just throw in at the end. And a Bob. And, well, Bob's the oldest, so it was like maybe oh. after Bob came, like, let's rhyme. Because nothing rhymes with Bob. It doesn't. So they had to. <laughs> That's really funny. So I get it. I get the okay. rhyming. I do. I'm here for well, it. They, uh, they did accept... You know, Eileen just not feeling, not feeling Jerry at all. And they unfortunately also had frequent moves around the Pacific Northwest before finally settling in Salem, Oregon, which sounded familiar to me. So I asked my husband, who grew up in uh, part of his childhood in Oregon, and, and I was like, did you ever visit Salem? He's like, well, yeah, I lived there in the second and third grade. Oh. Oh. Then he wow. gave me two other cases that happened on his street. That I will be what? covering. Yes. I was like, I've been doing a true crime podcast for I a mean, year. No, never mentioned A these. year. Dude. Literally, Amber, uh, happy birthday. As we are recording this on February 6th, this is our one year anniversary. Oh my gosh. Today. Happy anniversary to us. Yes. So much to celebrate. So anyway, Jerry was five years old when he was playing around in a junkyard, you know, as five-year-olds do, apparently. Sure. Sure. Question mark. Hope he had his tetanus. For sure. I'm sure Larry. Updated tetanus. Larry wasn't allowed to play in the junkyard, I'm sure. But (laughs) But Eileen's like, Jerry. Jerry, go ahead. Go go to your playground, the local dump. Oh, I feel bad for child Jerry. I know. I know. Me too. I really do for a minute, for a hot second. It's about, you're about to not feel bad for him. But he did bring home from the junkyard a pair of high heel shoes. Okay. That someone had tossed out. He's okay. five. No big deal. Eileen freaked the F out and was like, you get rid of those. Of course, she was figuring it was going to make him gay. If oh. he was trampsing around in the high heel oh, shoes. In heels. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We will not go down that rabbit hole because that will just infuriate me. But anyway... What she does is she buries the shoes and tells Jerry that he is wicked for enjoying, for liking the shoes and wanting to play with them. Now he's five. Oh my gosh. And really what this did, I'm kind of like, okay, Eileen, overreact much, do ya? Yeah, there's so many things I could say about that. Yeah. But, um, So what, it, to me... From my social work perspective, what this does is really makes these shoes intoxicating. I was him. just going to say it was, it's like the forbidden fruit. It is. And think about it. He's got five years of no love, lots of abuse, resentment for his mom. And he has found her trigger point. He has found something that that's almost very enticing in that she doesn't want me to have it because I'm wicked. Well, he's already, he's been told he's wicked his whole life, right? Like I feel yeah, like he's it, like I'm already yeah. bad. So yeah, but he so knows let's talk this. about the shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could see that A little sexy stiletto. Uh huh. Well, from this point forward, he really kicks it up with the shoes, and he. Now, did he dig the the shoes back up? He Do did. He okay. did, and she got rid of them again. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Next, though, he is caught. And and we can assume that he had probably been playing around with shoes in between each of these incidences. It's just what is, I mean, this is in the 30s. So this um, 
We only know what is documented. But that his next time that he gets caught is when he was in first grade, and his school teacher kept an extra pair of shoes in her bottom desk drawer. Well, he realized it, and he tried to steal them, and he got caught. And, of course, punished severely for it. His next act that he was caught at was trying to steal a someone who was described in one source that I saw as uh, the teenage babysitter. And in another source, it was a, a teenage family friend. And I think that the two could probably coexist at once. It's possible that she was a, a family friend and also perhaps babysitting occasionally for them from time to time. But she felt comfortable enough in the home that she was actually resting on Jerry's bed and she got or and, and he got caught trying to literally take the shoes off from her. Like, you're laying in my bed. <laughs> I'm and, taking the shoes. And to me, I'm kind of like, if I saw someone in my bed with their shoes on You'd and take they them were off. sleeping, I'd take them off too. I don't know that this was necessarily, had this been the only incident, I never, we, no one would be saying Jerry was a weirdo. So okay. far, I find it mildly amusing i yes. know that we're probably gonna it's gonna get weird we're gonna get dark and twisty but but yeah right now it's not so problematic the but kid then once loves you look back on hindsight you're like oh remember that time that he tried to literally steal them off from this chick's feet but she was in his bed right with her shoes on right uh, okay so it was just female shoes that he had a thing yes, for? Yes, okay. only female shoes right from the get-go. Okay, the, yeah. the the boy loved him some heels. He did. He liked a sexy stiletto. I personally don't fault him for that. No. I'm on good, board. They're good-looking shoes. But like I said, I'm, I'm having a feeling it gets weird. It, so. do, it does. It does. But, you know, shoes take you places. You're, you're going places they with do. your little shoes. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm kind of thinking, what does he just want to play with them, like how a child plays with a toy? Or because people are going to notice that their shoes are missing. Yeah. You know, this isn't well thought out. But then again, his brain's not fully developed. He's a child. Yeah, he's a kid. In an article by Eric Hickley called Serial Murderers and Their Victims, at this point in time, he describes that as Jerry matured, his shoe fetish increasingly provided sexual arousal. So now in his brain, we are connecting shoes with the pleasure principles in his brain. On top of, he starts to escalate from women's shoes to then women's underwear. And this is where we take our dark and twisty turns because he didn't just stick with the stilettos. Now we went to underwear too. Yeah, now he's he is thieving women's underwear. They were considered kind of a mysterious, forbidden, like, totem for him, all right? And they were deeply erotic. He, not something that he understood or can later in life explain, but he enjoyed the thrill both of stealing them, keeping them, no one knowing about it, the hiding, all of it okay. for him. So it was just like this little secret that he had. Yeah. And. That provided sexual arousal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. In his teenage years, he did unfortunately begin to stalk local women. Oh, so here's where we take a turn. Yes, he was even then escalating. And you can see, I mean, we've talked about it in so many other episodes, how it goes from fantasy to reality. And that is what happens for him. Of course, he didn't have any coping skills. 
he was not, this whole time, he wasn't being treated correctly by his mother. I do did, could not find information about his dad in terms of how he was treated, other than I think we can make some assumptions about head of household, male patriarch head of households in the 30s, 40s, 50s, right? He was born in 1939, so basically grew up, you know, 40s mid into the mid-1950s. You know, women took care of the babies. Dads went to work yeah, and yeah. stooped their secretaries. That's how it was. It was smoking cigarettes. I don't know. (laughs) That was too many generalizations I was making there. But still, I I mean, it did happen though. Yeah, yeah. And you could smoke in the office Mm -hmm. probably back back in that time. Heck yeah, and drink. There were plenty of flasks. What a time to be alive! I once talked to a coworker who has worked for in in my position for a long time. Worked in the seventies. Worked in the sixties. Okay, real long time. And she's like, there were times where we could go to lunch and have ourselves a little glass of wine at lunch and come back to work. Wow. Those were the days. Yes. <sighs> the courthouse that I used to work on, like the walls were tainted with cigarette smoke because they used to smoke in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You could just, anything, anything went back then. It was a wild time. I don't hate it. No, I don't, me I'm not either. gonna lie. I don't I mean, hate the, it. The smoking. No, I like. The, I like the freedom to enjoy. I could use a cig on the job. <laughs> a hard drink. I deserve that. The stiff drink, boy. Now in sure my field, help. it would probably be frowned upon pretty heavily. For sure. I'm thinking, but I mean, I bet it could be interesting though. We've talked about this before. I think that your therapy would get increasingly, it, could, it would be spicy. It would. And you might whip people into shape faster than record time. Miracle worker. <laughs> That's what I would be <laughs> That's labeled. They call you <laughs> the sloshed miracle yes. worker. But no, Shit. like I don't hate the times. No, I'm not mad I at know. them. I know. So, so there they are. And what he started doing when he was stalking women was he would also, like, knock them down, choke them out. Oh, yikes. And then he'd flee with their shoes. So he's not killing anyone at this point in time. He's not raping anyone. But we're progressively getting Correct. Worse. Now we're physically, we went from stalking to then physically touching them to then making sure they're unconscious so that we can steal their shoes. But at 17 is when... It all goes real wrong because he actually had planned. This was this was planned out pretty carefully. It was 1956, and what he had done was first, prior to he'd been stalking this woman, uh-huh. and prior to his physical assault on her, he dug a hole in a hill where he planned to keep girls as sex slaves. Oh, yikes. Then he decides to take, which uh, in a hole, I don't, there there are holes to your plan, sir. He didn't think this out no. thoroughly. No. But then he decides, you know how I'm going to scare them into submission is I'm going to take this knife. And I'm he abducted a teenage girl. We don't have her name because she was a teenager at the time. And he threatened to stab her. He did beat her up pretty significantly, but in order to get her to comply with what he wanted, he was threatening her with the knife to stab her. And what he wanted was for her to take naked photographs 
with him and for him, like pose for them, all sorts of stuff. And um, this didn't work real great. He was caught red-handed, not before beating this girl up and forcing her to take those photos, all right? But he was sent to a psychiatric ward at Oregon State Hospital for evaluation, which at this time, and this is 1956, so mental health is a baby baby, still shitting its diaper. No <laughs> one is yes. really getting behind yes. it like it, they do, like we do today. They did note and document his hatred towards his mother and how that was projected onto other women. They did recognize his unmet early childhood needs from his mother. Okay, and how that twisted into fulfilling those needs with the fetishes like the shoes, the underwear, things like that, but in a very criminal, angry, violent way. He stayed for nine months. They did diagnose him with schizophrenia, and and he was open at the time. He's 17. He was open about his secret obsessions. He told them all about his collection of women's clothing, his fantasy of putting a kidnapped, of putting several kidnapped girls in freezers so that he could rearrange their frozen bodies into sexually explicit positions. So he was open about all of this. He was. He, he, they learned all this. They documented it. But even with that diagnosis, even with learning all that disturbing information, after nine months, they're like, you know what? We don't think there's anything seriously wrong with him. And he, except that he is just a boy that needs to grow up and mature a little bit and resolve his issues with his mommy. Oh. So back into society you go, Jerry Brudos. It's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine as soon as he turns 18 and legally becomes a man. He'll age out of it. He will. Yes, because they all do, right, Amber? I mean, they, they were on the right track with, like, he needs to work out some mommy for a, for issues. For a second, it was like, yeah, we're on to something. And then they're like, yeah, you just need to mature. You'll, you'll, you'll phase out. out of it. It's just a phase. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay, so he's back. He's free. He's free. And he was able to graduate with his class on time. Oh, so, wow. 1957, he graduates, and he joins the Army. In March 1959, so two years after he graduated, he did, in the two years before he joined the Army, he um, was doing, like, some electrician work and things like that, but then decided to join the Army. Unfortunately, so he joined in March. He was discharged by October um, due to his obsessions. He was caught several times with shoes and underwear. The Army had no room for such things. Oh, so out he goes. They were like, sorry, sir. Yeah, you're done. Okay. Which I'm grateful for. Like, thank you, Army, for, I mean, maybe vet him a little bit more beforehand. But once you, the red flags were there. They're like, sorry, we can't have this. Yeah, yeah. Even, you know, even in the 50s. So thank you. That was good. That's good. He did live back at home for a little bit after he was kicked out of the Army. But then he met and married 17-year-old Darcy Metzler. Poor Darcy had no idea what the hell she was in for. Oh, Darcy. 
They married in 1961, and they did end up having two children together. And I'm not going to go into details about the kids or give their names or anything like that, and I will get to why later. They did settle in Salem as well in a little suburban neighborhood, and friends and family really excuse me friends and neighbors really thought that they were like in a typical a typical american family they thought jerry was just was a really really nice guy i mean he's waving from flipping steaks on the grill at the okay. neighborhood he's da- good dad yes grilling was, out mm-hmm. there was nothing that would really tell the outside world that this man's not okay and that he didn't just grow you know maybe he grew out of his thing, like they said, mm-hmm. maybe those doctors were on. So something. he had like a period of kind of like a normal ish front. We'll say a front because I'm sure you're going to tell me to the outside world. But what his what the neighbors, friends, and family didn't know is that Jerry demanded that Darcy do housework naked, except for a pair of high heels. While he took pictures. Oh, Jerry. Now, in itself, hey, as a little kink, we do your housework naked. I, you know, even walk around in these shoes. I, th- okay. I don't, I can see newlyweds. For a couple photos, sure. Yeah, Those okay. heels will kill your back, though. So if she had to do all of the I'm work. telling you, with my house, it takes me two hours to do the floors up and down. All right? There's no way mama's doing that in heels. Oh my God, no. I feel so bad for Darcy yes. for having to do like. And she's 17. I mean, so what's she going to do? Say I, no? She doesn't know any different. She if, thinks like, oh, this is turning my husband on. That's what I want. If we're talking like a deep clean, like getting into the tub. Oh, no. You know, that's, no. that's Bent a lot. over. Yeah. No. Naked. There's no way anyone looks good cleaning a tub naked. In high heels. No. I don't care who you are. No. And how are jiggling and rolling. That would be so embarrassing. For sure. And in what? And he's taking pictures while this is happening. It's degrading. Oh, he deserved a, a stiletto to the eye for that. I'm just saying. For sure. At this time, he also starts complaining about migraine headaches and blackouts. And he would say that. In order to relieve these symptoms, he would go night prowling to steal shoes and lace undergarments, like, from houses. Wait a second. Mm -hmm. So the only way for him to get rid of these headaches Mm -hmm. was to steal shoes and And underwear. underwear. Amber, we suffer from migraines. You know, I never thought of that as an option. I don't think we should judge until we try. You're right. I get migraines often. Yeah. I've never tried to hoard right. shoes. So I can't say that this wouldn't relieve the pain. Unless I oh, I know where he's getting with this. The urge was so overwhelming. Oppressing he, the urge yes. was causing he was his blacking migraines. Out. Yep. So he had to go relieve yep. the urge yep. by stealing. Okay. How many, right. how many killers have we covered that have suffered from these raging headaches that are relieved by going and killing? This is something that does pop up. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. He also had a period of time where, as the research, you know, the sources document it as a a transvestite period, but really he would use feminine, like a feminine persona, just as an escape mechanism, really. Now, there are some sources that say that 
he would even kind of lure. There was one victim that I'll tell you about where for sure we know he lured her by dressing up as a woman. Okay. Um, so that's another thing is he's known as like the uh, lady dresser killer or something stupid. Oh, I mean, where, who comes up with these names? I don't know. But there is like a dumb name for him that alludes to the fact that he liked to dress up as a woman. Okay. And for me, I'm just, I want to be cautious here because innately, if that's, you know, if that, if, if you enjoy doing that on a Saturday night or whatever, again, we aren't here to stink people's kinks. No, no, no. So I'm not going to get judgmental about the fact that he would dress up as a woman from time to time, but the fact that he'd do it to complete his nefarious acts that's where I have the problem. So it was it wasn't just for his pleasure. He was doing it and then yes. committing some cri- some of his crimes. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even more sickly is after he starts having more victims, he was using their clothing that he was dressing up in oh, and like wow. getting off on it all over again. Which again, dark and twisty. Very. Shit. That you're, you know, adding here. So that does that intrigued the media, of course. And I feel like the media really took the cross-dressing to a negative, ugly place because of what he did with it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I blame Eileen for this 100%. <laughs> it is her sorry, fault. Sorry, no. Eileen. Well, she no, was, but- there was a lot of accounts of horrible physical abuse. Oh, of him like it was so. it was obvious to everyone to the family everything that she resented having him at all I know it's so like when you explain the history it makes sense that he was having these issues with females and then it was like yeah. he was dressing as one to yeah. commit crimes and yeah it's just a deep that's a deep stuff a lot there. Of st- there is there is so, and I didn't mean this is all his mother's fault. Don't R- at me right. about that. I was that, being sarcastic her, too. But the way he was treated. It resided from. It yes, originated yes, from. Yes, the child abuse, the horrific abuse of childhood, and that's never okay to do to any child ever. I will never stand behind that. Even if your child grows to be a murderer, I'm still going to be like, well, no, we can't prove that that's what made him a murderer, but you certainly didn't help it, now did you? Well, we know when we look into their pastimes, if there's enough info, there's always abuse of mm-hmm. some kind. Absolutely. If they were subjected to early, you know, sexual exposure mm-hmm. or a lot of physical and emotional abuse, that stuff it's a factor. It is. It 100% is. And when you do not learn coping skills that you typically would get through a nurturing relationship, you statistically have less of a chance of being a functioning member of society. Yeah. So anyway, um, I could was give this, you my whole course. That was I he a good size guy? I don't know. Okay. I just, I, I'm like, I feel like I maybe have heard this, but maybe not. It could I've be seen, a different one, too. Um, I have seen lots of pictures of him. He is, towards the end of his life, as, as he gets caught and whatnot, uh, or excuse me, towards the end of his life of when he dies and whatnot, he's a big boy. Okay. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I, there's a lot of pictures of him, but I'm not sure in terms of height. Okay. Gotcha. Just curious. Yeah. You're probably wondering, like, how did he hide his transvestite behaviors from his wife? I am you know, wondering these that. Things. Yes, well... Not only would he hide all the totems and the women's clothing and that sort of stuff, but 
he he hid them in his garage, which he wouldn't allow his wife to enter without first announcing her arrival on the intercom system that he set up. Oh, boy. Now I know this is the 60s, and I know the patriarchy, okay? But my God, if there was ever a place where my husband was like, kept a lock on it, told me I was not allowed to enter, I'm sorry, but... Um, you are breaking into that oh, immediately. all of my energies are going to figure out Absolutely. what is behind that door. Yes, for sure. You know, worst case scenario... For a standard woman is he's having an affair and there's like porn and like other women. That is probably most women's fear. I would, yeah. I mean. For us, because we do a true crime podcast, worst case scenario is like. There's it's actually dead bodies or weird animal furry shit. Either like, way. Yeah. <laughs> Either way though, that, that garage is not going untouched. No. And of course I'd be crossing my fingers going, please be weird porn. Please be weird porn. Let, <laughs> let that be all that there is. Right. Please don't let the stench of a body hit me when I break into this place. So I'm assuming she never did no, look into the this. It's Husbands it's a get man to cave. do what husbands want to do. However... After a few years of marriage, Darcy and Jerry's relationship starts to become strained. She began to, of course, in in Jerry's terms, focus more on the children. I'm sorry, motherfucker. Do you mean she cared for your kids because, you know, that's what moms do? <laughs> right? But she started to, uh, to refuse to find a voice and refuse his unusual demands. Which, yeah, when you've got kids, you probably can't be completing the housework naked, Jerry. That would be really difficult to do. Yeah. And how are you explaining that to the kids? Oh, sorry, you just saw mom's brown eye while I was bending over oh, and God. picking up this toy. But this is how your dad likes me to do housework. Uh, yeah. Right? That's, I hope that that did not continue as the kids got older. No, no, it didn't because... Their their marriage started to suffer because she refused. She wasn't doing mm-hmm. those things anymore. Gotcha. But then he starts to feel rejected. So what does he do? He starts to prowl the neighbors' houses for women's shoes, underwear, looking for an outlet for his obsession, if you will. And in 1967, he finds it. He had noticed a woman while he was walking downtown. Actually, specifically, he did not notice the woman first. He noticed her shoes first. He followed her home, waited for her to go to bed, broke into her house, strangled her unconscious, and then raped her. These are the things of my nightmares. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the the fears, my list of fears, that's at the top. There you go. But for your shoes? Right. Like, he probably doesn't even know what this woman really looks like. He was after her shoes. Oh, my gosh. It's just that thought of, like, your you know, normal day of shopping, you're doing your errands, mm-hmm. and there's some creeper out there. That's why you right. secure the perimeter. You do yes. a check, one, two, front, back, around. Right. It also, this it's case so always has made, has also made me question, should I go a little extra on my shoes or not? Sometimes I really like to kick it up with a cute leopard print or a bright red. Not anymore, you I don't. Catch, no. From now on, it is nothing but Unless- heads. Unless you have a shank strapped to your thigh, I wouldn't. It's Crocs and old lady keg. Hey, I love me some Crocs. What are those things called? Keds? Keds. Yeah. Yeah. Keds are comfortable. Or whatever lunch ladies wear. 
Okay. Yep. That is from now oh on my, my gosh. Footwear. It is. It's just so scary to think about that and yep. that you're being watched. And Well, and when he was done, he took her shoes and left. Oh, so, okay. Like, yeah. He really wanted that pair of shoes. Yes. He noticed the shoes, followed her, did all of that. And um, so, and now we're seeing, now he's breaking and entering and he's strangling and he's raping. Okay. So that's this continued uh, escalation. I will say about that particular victim who is unnamed, uh, he did later testify that her limp body had aroused him. So now he's realizing that... There's like more sexual gratification. More escalation here. It's like, oh, hey, that was... that. I liked that. Yeah, because this is the first time that he had strangled someone unconscious and didn't just steal their shoes or underwear. He actually raped right, her. Right, right. Mm-hmm. In his mind, he is thinking that he really likes this, and now he knows he wants to kill someone to carry out the, so, his Wow, his so that was the moment. Acts. He mm-hmm. was like, yep. I could take this further. Yes. And that poor woman, oh my God. You right. would never recover from, from no. something like that happening. Broke into your own home, in your own bed, Steals your shoes, and that's it. All other valuables are left intact. It was only Just her the shoes. shoes. Wow. He actually didn't have to go looking for his next victim. His next victim came to him as 19-year-old Linda Slauson, who was a door-to-door encyclopedia saleswoman. And oh. I know. She. It was 1968, January 26th, so it's actually right before his birthday, as a matter of fact. So he was born on the 31st. 1968, she knocked on their home door. He lured her into the basement while his wife and children were in the house. Oh, my gosh. Which I don't know if he probably, you know, how he got her down there. I don't know. Was it a finished basement or he wanted her to believe it was and like, oh, we're going to go do this deal, encyclopedia deal down here. Somehow he was savvy enough to get this 19-year-old girl to Uh, follow him into the basement. And you, you had said he appeared as this like dad yes. you know yes. I, i'm a picturing like Suburban a decent dad. neighborhood mm-hmm. oh so yeah she yeah probably, they lived in a nice neighborhood. yeah she probably felt like okay he's legit mm-hmm. yep oh gosh what he ended up doing is knocking her out with a wooden plank and strangling her he dressed her in different female undergarments that he had <gasps> oh oh god and different shoes Used, uh, from mm-hmm. his obsession yes <gasps> Oh, this poor girl. Dirty underwear. Other people's dirty underwear. And God only knows what he's been doing with those underwear. He's been wearing them, too. Uh, Yeah. I'm done with him. That's what's grossing us out out of all of this. I am done with him. He also put put, um, on her different shoes that he had stolen. That's the part that creeps me out, too. I can't wear other people's shoes. I can't do it. No, Mm -mm. no, no, no. Mm -mm. Oh, feet. He ended up arranging her body in provocative poses, and then he used a hacksaw to cut off her left foot. I am I am amazed that his family's upstairs. Family's upstairs. Oh yep. my god! And he did all this. He kept the foot in a freezer to use as a model for his collection of high heel shoes. This took a turn I wasn't ready for. Oh, I wasn't yeah. ready for this. I'm telling you, he escalates, and he. Now, did he keep her, was she alive through that? 
I, the cutting, no. the, the foot. No. Okay, so she was. She, he killed her. He and strangled then, her to death, and mm-hmm. then he took the foot. Yes. Okay. Yes. In this, in in um, that makes me at least happy. I don't want to say happy, I know, but like, no, I'm we don't she wasn't want alive. longer. We do not want more suffering no. for any of the victims. He, um, yes, she was. She was gone at that point in time, and I found this weird. He must have had access to a lot of spare vehicle parts, whether it be from junkyards or if he kept old vehicles in his backyard. I couldn't find more information about why he had this at his disposal, but he actually attached her to a car motor and dumped her in the Williamette River. Wow. So he just had like an extra motor. Yeah, but it's not the only time that he does that. So I think that he had parts either lying around or this was something that he'd been planning and he had them for that purpose but it to act as a weight or it just presented himself itself I don't know but that's what he does and this starts his 18 month long killing spree that he goes on was Linda Slauson his next victim was Jan Susan Whitney she was 23 she was a motorist uh, uh, she was just driving her car on Interstate 5 between Salem and Albany on November 26th, 1968. So he did have, to our knowledge, a cooling off period because the first one was in January. Or it's possible that he had victims between then that we don't know about. Yeah. Uh, he did. He uh, saw her on the side of the road, offered to drive her to his home with the excuse of letting her call a tow truck at his house. All right. So sure, she says, you know, she needs help. I mean, her car is stranded on the side of the road. And I don't know if I actually included that information. Sorry if that was not clear. She was stranded on the side of the road. (laughs) Gotcha. So he saw the opportunity. Yeah. Stopped and and offered her a ride. Yep. Now, while she was still in the car, he did strangle her with a, a leather strap that he had. He raped her. He kept her body hanging from the pulley system in his garage for several days, during which he dressed her up in different clothing. Oh, my gosh. Photographed her, had sex with her. No, this was the garage that was locked. This was the garage that uh, from had the, family, the intercom. Right? Yeah. That, yep. Yep. Man, his family just, like, living life, not having a clue what he was doing. It just, it gives me chills to think about. Me too. And it happens so often. I mean, look at that one case that we covered where the dad stole, kidnapped his own kid and kept her down yes. in his basement for 25 years. I know. It's so crazy. What the fuck? I guess Again, dads, flags. dads just lived their lives and you didn't ask about what right. they were doing. But I'm telling you, if mama had herself a secret intercom system in her sewing room, you think dad wouldn't be busting in there? Yeah, right. Right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, this is crazy. Women, we've got to do better. We are too passive. Well, like we Not said. Not anymore. No man's going to be doing that to us. No. <laughs> no. Busting We're in busting there. Busting in. Maybe even a little overzealous. And my husband would be like, I was planning a surprise birthday party for you. Right. Thanks. <laughs> Everybody's in there and yeah, you bust in with like sure. a knife. You're I'm, like, I'm I want the answer. Recording. I've got a knife and I'm recording on my phone. The that whole thing. Be, yes, that yep, would be for sure. just our luck. And they'd be like, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, you know, you remember with um, Slauson, he had dismembered her by cutting off her left foot. Yes. 
Okay, well, for Jan Whitney, he actually cut off one of her breasts and made a resin mold of it that he used as a paperweight. What? Yes. Oh, excuse me. I'm my my uh, your digestive system, digestive system just <laughs> revolted it's, against. I'm like what? That. <laughs> yes. Pardon me. Right. So he's just like, I know what I need for the office. Yep. A titty. A, a booby paper paperweight. Oh my gosh. And like, is that a conversation piece? I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's the private office of his garage and not like yeah, his you know the family work. Mm-hmm. Oh, which my I believe gosh. he was into electrician work at this point again too. I, I also don't like where this is going with him taking various parts. Yeah. Oh, he kept totems for everything. These are his. These are his uh, award. You know his trophies. His trophies. Yeah. Afterward, he did tie her body to a piece of railroad iron and threw it in the Williamette River along with Linda Slauson's foot. He got rid of it at that time Oh, with Jan Whitney into the river because the foot had rotted. I would think so. And using it, yeah. 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 As a A model model. for the shoes. Mm -hmm. Now, next we will talk, we're going to go to March 27th, 1969. So that was November 68. Now we're into March 1969. He abducted 18-year-old Karen Sprinker. With Now he abducted her at gunpoint. Now he's got guns and he's using that as his weapon. And she was in from a parking lot outside of a department store. And this is the situation where we know he was dressed in woman's clothing during the attack. Okay. He took her to his garage as well, made her try on his collection of undergarments and pose while he photographed her. He raped her and he strangled her by hanging her from her neck from the police system. And then after she was murdered, he had sex with her body on several occasions cut off her breast to make plastic molds again. And afterwards, he tied her body to a six-cylinder car engine with nylon cord and threw it in the Williamette River as well. This, these poor women. Yes. You know. It's horrific. When we talk about things that freak us out, like I said, uh-huh. I mean, that is so terrifying to me to think of these predators just lingering around, picking yes. victims out. Like, to me, that concept is just, it's so scary. It is. It's, it's like so the random. lock of the draw, and you just happen to be picked. And this man is picking people essentially by their shoes. <sighs> I mean, it could be any random thing. What if you've got somebody that's got an eyebrow obsession, and they love the way your brows look? Oh it can be gosh. something that's I know. that small. You picked a good one for me, because this is, like, this is Freaks so you out, right? scary. I know. And feet, like, that would be, the, that's the worst thing to me, is a foot fetish person taking me down. Like I, oh yeah, feet freak me out so much, man. Thankfully, I have like a, a wider set foot, so hopefully they'd be like, "Oh no, she not her." <laughs> mine are just like infant. I wear a size three shoe, so oh, I mean, hopefully mine. Well, hopefully, we'd both be spared. Yeah. He's like, I don't want those baby feet for sure. I want forget those the, wide feet. Forget no. the infant feet. Forget the wide yeah. feet. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, we're not on the radar. Hopefully Ugh. not. So next, in April, April 21st, 1969, so he didn't even wait a month at this point for his next known victim. 
Um, he ob- attempted to abduct at gunpoint 24-year-old Sharon Wood from the from a parking garage in Portland. Okay, it was not successful. She got away. Same thing on April 22nd. So the next day, 1969, Gloria Jean Smith, 15. He had oh. attempted to abduct. He and was it like didn't desperate well. for a victim. Mm-hmm. Yes. And getting oh, sloppy. We're frenzied at this yeah. point in time. A hundred percent. But then on April 23rd, so we went attempted abduction on the 21st. Then another one failed one on the 22nd. Thank God they were both failed. The 23rd, he abducts from a shopping mall parking lot, 22-year-old Linda Salee. Oh, so three days in a row yeah. he tries to find yep. and abduct someone. Yep, so you can't tell me that, that he really, I'm wondering about the dry spells. I don't think in that first, the, the time between his first killing and his second killing of January to November. He went I, that long? I don't think that he went that long without perpetrating somehow. Some way, somehow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. And he did, I mean, it's the same thing with poor Linda Salee. He brought her to his garage where he raped and strangled her, played with her corpse, just like he did the other victims. He did not cut off her breasts. He later told investigators it's because they were too pink. Okay. So it had to be, like, he was looking for a There was something very specific Mm -hmm. about what he would make a mold out of. I don't know what too pink means. Only he could know. Yep. But, and instead what he did was he applied an electrical current to her body in an attempt to make it jump after, this is post-mortem, thank God. It did not work. This is so disturbing. So then when he was just done, he decided that he was just going to tie her body to a car transmission with nylon cord and throw her in the Williamette River just like the other victims. Yeah. It's like each victim he tries something. He's like experimenting with, yeah. with mm-hmm. each one. Yep. He's completely wild and each each time he's in a frenzy. I'm he, just baffled over here, like the family never saw anything. You know what I mean? Yes, that baffles police as well. Like we'll, how do we'll kind of get something. to it? We'll kind of get to it. Okay. I'm not going to leave you really resolved in that area, but we kind of get to it. I think it's a valid question to raise a like Come on, he was doing this for quite some time, and you never saw anything. Mm -hmm. Not blaming the family at all. I mean, it's not their fault. Well, the kids certainly wouldn't. How the heck did he pull this off? Is more where I'm going with it. And the other thing is that he would dress up in high heels, and he would masturbate excessively after committing each murder. Which it's like, how do you ever find it compelling of the sexual drive that that sexual predators have? How is your body producing enough sperm for you to continuously yeah. ejaculate? Yeah, Do that's a good question. Do you think there is a dysfunction there? Maybe. I'm very sickly, twistedly intrigued by that because a typical man needs some recharge time. 
the one benefit of being a woman, you know, multiple orgasms. Unless he stu- would, would just continue to attempt and maybe there wasn't a ton. Perhaps. But maybe he still was like aroused sexually enough sure. to keep doing it. I don't know. Sure. Good The point. thought of it makes me physically ill, yeah. but you do but raise it, a good question. It's just so freak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we hear this so often with sexual prep- perpetrators that I just wonder what is there? Is there something physiologically that's going on with their body of their constant reoccurring reproduction of of, of sperm? And I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Stupid, you know, crazy stuff like that. That's why I was a psychology major. You know, yeah. it's, I find it yeah. fascinating. But I just I just wonder if there's not something there. But anyway, in May 1969, so his last known murder was April 23rd. Just a couple of weeks after that murder, and he dumps Linda Salee's body into the Williamette River. In May, a fisherman finds the bodies of Linda Salee and of Karen Sprinkler in the river. Now, did they start to surface? How did he find them? I don't. It didn't give a lot of details. Also, he found them in the Long Tom River, so I believe that's an adjoining river to the Williamette um, you know, I was just thinking of this. Rivers tend to varying in season. I look at me; I'm a river expert over here, but I do kayak a lot. And yes, I can tell yes. you, in the spring, it's hard to see the bottom of a river. The current's yes. faster. There's more rain. You get into like later summer. It's you can see the bottom very clearly. Mm-hmm. The water sometimes goes down. So I'm. I was just. Long story short, thinking like maybe the water settled right to where right. you could well, see this something. Is, this is May, and it was like an adjoining. It's a different river than what they were actually like thrown into. Okay, and so disregard did... everything I just said. Well, no, because <laughs> it's in the spring. <laughs> well, May, yeah. I mean, essentially May is, but it is very possible that the Long Tom River is clearer. Yeah, maybe they drifted the or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. Oh, they most definitely had drifted. Drift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though he had attached car parts to all of them, which I'm just assuming, uh, not to get too grotesque, but over periods of decay, you know, they're going to probably disattach yeah. from that part. Yeah. And God only knows how securely he actually, right. you know, attached them anyway. So the bodies that were recovered were very severely mutilated as well. Now, there's not more information on was that done prior to, was that a, an, a cause of being in the river, anything like that. It was just a pretty horrific scene. Can you imagine discovering that? Oh my god! Could you imagine going fishing, Amber, and not just discovering one body, but two? I would never be the same. No. Ever. And I don't know if they were in two different areas. Was he like, oh, holy shit? And then also like, oh my god, then go down a little bit more and there's another one? I don't know. I don't know how people are going to hunt and fish after this this week. I know. That's like all my kids do. My my case has hunters. Does it? Discovering oh. that like, and we hear it all the time. Like they're yeah. hunting, they're fishing, and they discover these things. Yes. So. Yeah. Because uh, they go into the depths they of do. nature that most people, most, you know, aren't populated. So what police start doing at this point as these bodies surface, they, nearby is Oregon State University. So they start asking students, have you seen anything? Do you know anything? And what, through their many different interviews that they did, one g- girl spoke up and was like, listen, there is this dude who has phoned me several times and asked me for a date. 
And they're like, okay, you know, hey, let's let's, let's check ring him out. up. Yeah. Right? They ring him up. It is Jerry Brudos. But he's like, oh, yeah, you can come and talk to me. He gives them a false address. So immediately police are like, um, that's suspicious. Right? Okay. He get, you know. So what they do, and they also had um, witnesses come forward and say, there is a rumor around campus to be on the lookout for this Vietnam vet. Now, remember, he was discharged from the Army. He right. was never in Vietnam. He's not a Vietnam vet. But he um, was. they were starting to kind of like do a be on the lookout sort of thing amongst their peers oh. of this Vietnam vet who had called a few young women looking for a date. And when they would tell him no, he started mentioning throwing their bodies in rivers. Oh. Mm -hmm. So he would tell them that. Yes. Like if they said no. Yeah. Creepy. Try to use, yeah, because that's going to get me to go on a date with right, you. Like, oh, I've changed my mind. Oh, suddenly Let you me sound so appealing. Pick me up at eight, please. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, it sounds like he got pretty careless. For with sure. This. I, I think so. And we see that time and time again, the desperation, the escalation. And thank God for it, honestly. Keep, you know. Yeah. It gets so, them caught. It does. And what they do is they set Brudos up. They get a, a college girl to agree to a date with him. And they bring him in. They swoop in, obviously, to so they were not putting the girl in any sort of danger. They swoop in, interrogate him, and quickly decide, we need to get ourselves a warrant for this man's home. Because I'm sure you can figure out by now, he doesn't interview well. Probably not. I think the uh, the radars were going off. So they ob obtained the search warrant, and they find evidence that proved beyond a reasonable doubt that he was oh their God, man. Oh, God, I'm sure they found a lot of things. Well, what they find specifically to connect them to the two bodies that were found in the river, which is what started the investigation, is they find the nylon rope. The same nylon rope that was attached to the girls. Did they the, find the paperweight? Eventually, Ugh. yes, yes, they do. Yeah. They do okay. because they they also find all the photographs he had kept. Those. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! It was like they hand served. I mean, they yeah. were hand served all of the. They evidence. were. They were. He kept it all in that garage, and he. They did find all the trophies. They found the resin molds. They yes, that he found. So. Now they're, they bring him back in, obviously they, excuse me, they arrest him and they start interrogating him. And at some point in time during the interrogation, he confesses to four murders. They only had him on the two bodies, remember, but he's like spilling the beans like he did to the doctors when he was in the psychiatric unit, essentially. So, and he did tell about other attempted kidnapping, like everything that I've told you. So he just today spilled it all. Is what he was willing to say. And I do think that there's more. I really do. Um, they also found copper wire that was determined to have been um, like cut with the same tool that he used to cut cords to tie the bodies with and stuff. They were at forensics, was able to do that. And um, on. June 28th, 1969. Now, this is May that he's arrested. So, June, he just pled guilty to first-degree murder of three of the victims. So, he pleads guilty to Karen Sprinkler, Linda Saley, and Jan Whitney. And he was sentenced to three consecutive 
terms of life imprisonment in the Oregon State Penitentiary. Though he confessed to his first victim, Linda Slauson, they could not convict him on that because they never found her body. Oh, wow. And she was put in the river, too. She was. They just never located it. Yep, yep. The other thing is, he didn't keep the photographs of her. So it's like, and, and that to me makes sense. That was his first escalation to murder. Uh-huh. He was willing to try to cover up his crimes at that point in time. Yeah, that does make sense. And I think that he learned from that of getting rid of them, kind of ruined the high of it and ruined his ability to continue to get off on it. So then that's why he, he kept the rest of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. So, um, and in I know I only mentioned how they found the bodies of um, Linda Saley and Karen uh, Sprinkler initially, but a month after he was caught is when they found Jan Whitney's body in the river as well, after he had confessed. Okay. So they did, I mean, they did look for Linda Slauson as well, but they They just just never never found her. No, never recovered her. Wow. Unfortunately for her family. And actually, um, her body, Jan Whitney's body, had actually only went about a mile downstream. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. So that's where, how they ended up finding her. As for Darcy, Bruto's wife. Yes. She divorced him after his arrest immediately. She changed her name and she changed her children's names. She moved away to an undisclosed location, but she was charged with aiding and abetting her husband's crimes, but she was not convicted of murder. Oh, my gosh. So they thought she knew they something. They had this feeling of, how could you have not known he was doing something nefarious? She denied it the whole time. I mean, we all wonder, but... At the same time, if he was always in his man garage. And, and if he was abusive and intimidating. Right. And it sounds like, I mean, I don't she's know. She's just trying to protect her kids. I mean, I could, I can see this both ways. I could too. It is the 60s. How much younger was she than so, him? So like four or five years. Oh, okay. I, was, I had this image that he was like a lot older. Yeah, but still, no. she was not that old. No. In general. No. I don't know. It, I mean, I, I, I asked, just, too. I'm like, how did she I not know. know? But I, I don't know. I, I implore us to remember the time. She also had children that she, she was did. taking care of. And she was probably like, I don't know. He's in his garage doing his stuff. And, and to me, divorcing him right away after his arrest, changing their names, changing the kids' names, moving, you know, all of that, that's an appropriate action to take. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I don't, I don't know you. It is, I can see that it is very possible that she stayed the hell out of that garage because she did not like him. Remember the marriage? I told you the marriage started to break down. Maybe if she was happy that he was like not around. Leaving her alone and not making her do housework naked. Yeah. So she's raising the kids. She's rejecting his advances, which really is what escalated him to start seeking all of this out. It's not her fault. That's not what I'm saying. But he when she got sick after they had kids and she got sick and tired of all the weird shit he started doing it extracurricularly outside of the home and then just escalated to murder and you can't tell me someone that's capable of murder is necessarily not all of them are but it's very possible that he was a dick of a husband 
Yeah, maybe she was just glad that he wasn't doing it to her yeah. anymore. So she's like, well, he's staying Whatever. away from me. I'm yep. not going to ask questions. He's probably doing weird shit in there, but I, I, I'm out of it. Oh, wow. So you she, think of how passive and how much women in this era really were. They were not heads of households, people. No, they weren't. So I just, I, I, I struggle with that part where I'm like, I wanted more information, like a confession, anything like that. No, she, she denies adamantly. No. Yep. And that's how she was not charged with their murder as well. It was just aiding and abetting his crimes because she didn't demand to see in that garage that belonged to her as well. Wow. Like that. How much time did she that do? That bothers me. I couldn't find couldn't it. couldn't find it? Mm-mm. Because they're, she's tried to erase his, I mean, she she doesn't want anyone knowing her name, her kids' names. Totally get it. For sure. Oh. Yeah. It's awful. It is. I mean, he could have very easily ruined their lives with his perversions. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Freaking, inf- he is a complete footwort. Yeah. <laughs> I bet those that would be the ultimate off. insult to him too. For sure. You are a infected foot wart. It's an incomplete foot. It's a flawed foot it with is. a wart. That's right. And a bunion, and sir. A, and a callus. Yes. So that would be the ultimate uh insult to him. That's a great transition right into what my next sentence was. That it was to let you know while he was incarcerated, um, he had piles of women's shoes catalogs in his cell. He wrote to major companies requesting them and claimed that they were his substitute for pornography. They weren't a substitute for, for pornography, you guys. Those were his that pornography. It? Yeah. It's not a substitute. That's what he got off on. That was his pornography. He actually appealed several times, including one appeal where he alleged that a photograph taken of him with one of his victim's corpses could not prove his guilt. Oh, my gosh. He tried. He tried. That to me was just like that is wow. a really bold move. Seriously, but he did appeal his conviction several times on things that didn't make sense. And in 1995, the parole board actually told him, "You will never be released. Wow. Like, stop bothering us. Like, We're never releasing stop. you." And they didn't. He died in prison on March 28, 2006, from liver cancer. And at the time of his death, he was the longest incarcerated inmate in the Oregon Department of Corrections. He was incarcerated for a total of 37 years from 1969 to 2006. Wow. He was in his 60s. You don't hear that often where they're like, listen, you're, you're not, not getting, getting out. out. Stop asking us, but you're, it's not going to happen. And yeah. that's, I think... Probably a relief for families because how many families do we see that are like every time they're up for review for parole, the families are like protesting. I'm sure it causes so much anxiety for them thinking that that person's going to get out. So kind of nice that they're like, listen, pal, it's not happening. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I agree. And hopefully that gave them some relief of like, we don't have to come to each parole hearing and fight for this, yeah. you know, or appeal all of his constant appeals. In one of his appeals, he was trying to claim that a, there was a picture of him with a body and him lying next to it doesn't prove that he was the killer. Okay, that didn't prove that you killed her. 
Yeah, maybe that picture didn't, but it definitely, but all the other pictures and your confessions of killing these women and I'm just all the other evidence. Yeah, his brain, at, he actually thought like, oh, the, uh, maybe I have a chance. I have a chance. I'm going to appeal this. Me, this picture of me with another one, with a woman's dead body. The, yeah. It's, it doesn't mean I did it. It doesn't mean I killed her. Oh my I gosh. Like to take it shows shot. how warped he was yeah. too. Like how yeah. f- so far gone he yeah. was. Could you imagine being her, his lawyer? Oh God. Oh. His, it's his not enough money in the world. Like, oh God, I got nothing. Nothing. And I'm grossed out. And I probably, don't know how these attorneys do it. I probably never wanted to see another pair of high heeled shoes again. No, or a paperweight. No. I don't know that I want to. I bet they immediately went into their office and asked their secretary to, to remove all paperweights from the office. Oh, absolutely. Like that would ruin me for paperweights too. After Having this to look case, through that evidence. Oh yeah. It It is a neutral tone flat for me from now on. For sure. <laughs> For sure. No attention drawn Nothing. to those to those feet. Nope. And I do love me a leopard print, but I guess I'm putting those days behind yep, me. Yep, I think so. I think I am too. We're retiring them. Yeah, low heel, mm-hmm. neutral color. Nothing flashy. Never going to stand out again. Nope, nope. Sign uh. me up for being the most boring woman yes. there is to look at. <laughs> yep. I'm hoping my breasts are the wrong color. Everything. Oh my God, yes. Please don't let them be pink enough. <laughs> I know. Oh, so scary. Like I said, this is top of the list for me. Those luck of the draw cases where people are scoping you out and you just happen to be in the wrong place. So insignificant. It could be your earlobes, Amber. Whatever. They are adorable. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It's true. It's true. You have the cutest little ears. (laughs) Oh, God. Can Uh, I leave you on a lighter note? A much lighter note. Please. Yes. I am going to because we are done with the scary shoe fetish fetish slayer. I bet. I just, I want to see him because I bet he looks, is he creepy? Oh, God, yes. I bet he's creepy. Come on. How could he not be creepy looking? (laughs) So we're not talking like a Chris Hemsworth. No. Yeah. They never are. I just pictured like somebody really creepy looking. I know people thought Ted Bundy was good looking. I'm not one of those people. Um, I don't know, but. No, I I agree with you because when you see him talking and like Mm -mm. there's something so off. Oh, there's Jerry. Oh, God. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, right. We'll post, guys. Don't worry. You'll get to enjoy too. So many people uh, are probably Googling him during the episode oh, anyway. They sh- and they should. Yeah. Maybe right. should not. I no. don't know. <laughs> not yes. while you're eating. But lighter note. Lighter note. I've got the perfect job for you. Oh. Okay. This is on Reuters.com. It's an article. Russian town hires cat chief to attend to the strays. You know, we are so on the same page. I I have a a kitty cat story, too, for 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 this week. week. Perfect. Wow. We are always so similar. Anyway, carry on. So in Moscow, it was an unusual job description, but they wanted a cat chief. So in Russia... Their duties were, I'm not even going to try to say the name, okay? And even if I Google it, I'm still not going to translate it correctly. So, okay, love you all, but I would rather not. We forgive you for that. It's in Russia. Now, they wanted this person, the cat chief, to tend to the town's approximately 70 stray cats. They had 80 applicants apply for the new role with the municipality in the small town in Kingar- uh, Kalingargar, 
in the Kalingograd region, which has also erected a cat statue and added feline to its emblem in a bid to rebrand itself as Russia's foremost cat-loving community. Aw. I love this. So, in the end, local resident Svetlana Longovia was appointed guardian of the town's felines to help her with the task she was given a bicycle, a uniform that included a bright green jacket, a black bow tie, and a hat. Can we dress up on a live show as Svetlana? I need to see I'll her. I'll show you the picture. Hold oh, on. Is there a picture? There is. She has been given a budget of 5,700 rubles, which is about $85 a month. Oh. To ensure that the seaside community's cats are happy. She dishes out food. She pets them. And she gives them free rides in the basket on her bike. This is adorable. So she's not, like, getting rid of the cats. It's like, we're going to make sure these stray cats are comfortable in the community. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they want to be known as the foremost cat-loving community in the world. Oh, this is so cute. So they might be stray, but let's give them love and affection. I want this job. For sure. It's the best job ever. I want the uniform. She said, I alone cannot care for every single one, and a helping hand would go a long way. So she's just letting people know, if you want to help with these strays, I want to help. I might move to Russia. <sighs> and it is it is super cute. The picture is not downloading all of a sudden. Let me hit a good refresh here. It sounds the uniform, adorable. The uniform is like leprechaun green oh. jacket. And, uh, yeah, the black bow tie and the little top hat. It's so cute. I just want to see so her cute. riding around. In her bicycle On basket. the bicycle. With a cat. Carrying the cat. Mm-hmm. This is like, this would be a joy to the community. Yes. I th- And I think that was part of their point to it. So, hope you enjoyed that. I love it. That's that's a great brain bath. The statue that they erected, by the way, huge. And if I and could it's get a giant my, cat. It is giant. Oh. It is a giant cat sitting very regally with a bow tie on. And it's a black cat. More communities need to do this. Yes. Yes. So there you have it. That's adorable. Great job, Russia. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And yeah. keep it curious. Keep coming back and listening to more. Follow us on social media. Send us your case suggestions. We have a list. We are getting to them. Don't worry. Yep. Each yep. and every one. And it's happy one year to us. Happy one today. year. Today. Yes. Literally today. Literally today we published and we're like, oh my God, are we ever going to get a listen? Now a by the time listen. they listen, it'll it be like be next Sunday. Later, mm-hmm. It'll be one week later by the time this airs. But yep. know that today is a special day. It is. Yes. So yeah. Because this episode airs the 14th. Yeah, yeah, today's the sixth. Oh, so. happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. Hey, I'm sorry, I meant the 13th. Oh, Valentine's happy Day's. pre-Valentine's Day. Everyone's <laughs> celebrating it today anyway. Yeah. Because it happens on a Monday. No right. One, no one wants to have sex on a Monday. No. <laughs> After a long day yeah. of work. First day back to work. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For so sure. So all you lovers out there, happy humping. Yeah. Yes, have a great Valentine's. <laughs> and hopefully our cases the week before didn't ruin it for you. Uh, yeah, hope, hopefully not. Our, our couple's cases. If you're cases. not ready to have some kids, throw have some protection on hand. Yeah, throw a little, you know, protection in the mix. Otherwise, you're ruining your summer plans. So, yeah, just be Nobody safe. Nobody wants to be 
massive pregnant during the summer. I was twice, thank you. Two I, September mine babies. Mine was the dead of winter, but... Mm, that's the perfect time. It, it Yeah, I could hide with the layers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so... Not me. Not for two of them, anyway. We will talk to you guys on Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye.